miss a Friday show. I couldn't imagine missing a Friday show. We're going to have a great show tonight. Rob Reichel is here. Yes. Forbes. He's written a bunch of books on the Packers. This guy is a steel trap of Packers information. He's going to be here at 4.30. Lots of time to take your call. Yes. Wouldn't be a Friday show. We didn't get off the rails with Mike and Eau Claire. Eric on I-90. We haven't heard from Eric. I hope he's saving up something good for tonight. Lots of Packers talk. But first, and we got to talk about this week. This week was insane. If you're into politics, man, there's a lot going on. Ticketmaster is under the gun at Capitol Hill. And there was yet another scandal in Washington, D.C. this week. Now, a lawyer for former Vice President Mike Pence discovered about a dozen documents marked as classified at Pence's Indiana home last week. And he turned him into the FBI. That's very responsible. But this isn't the first time that this has happened recently. First Donald Trump, then Joe Biden, then Mike Pence, all discovering classified documents at their home. Now, a lot of people are mad. I almost respect it because finally we have some politicians that are looking to go the extra mile. Not only are they working at nine to five during the day, they're trying to get some work done at home in their free time, taking it home with them. That's dedication. Now, if only we could get Aaron Rodgers to show up for three days of games, then we'd be cooking with gas. He's going to have to take the playbook home. You can leave the classified material in Green Bay. It's fine. You don't have to take it back with you to California. Well, the culture wars continue to rage this week in Milwaukee. I don't know if you saw this, but parents in Brookfield were outraged to learn that students from Wisconsin Hills Middle School were scheduled to perform at halftime of Wednesday night's Bucks game. And it's not just because Nikola Jokic was sitting. No, it was Pride Night. And it was featuring a drag show. And we know how touch-and-go drag shows are these days. Now, according to Dan O'Donnell of WISN, parents were, quote, worried that their children were performing at an event that goes against their value systems. I'm not trying to make light of this situation, but personally, I just think the parents were looking for an excuse to not have to sit through a middle school band concert. That's as, That's almost as bad as it gets. It's almost as bad as having to live near poor people. Speaking of... Brookfield and their value. Yeah. Sorry. I went there. Lastly, a really cool piece in Bloomberg this week. Uh, this is science-y for me. I don't normally get into this stuff. Middle-aged tech centimillionaire Brian Johnson has hired a team of over 30 doctors Is in, and excuse me is on track to spend $2 million on his body this year. He's hoping to reverse the aging process. And by the end of 2023, he wants to have the brain, Heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, all the organs of an 18-year-old. Man, those are some lofty goals. By the end of 2023, I just want to see Christian Yelich hit more than 20 home runs, personally. Now, Yelich does make $26 million this year, but it's not about the money. We all know that he just needs to start stealing signs. Okay, yep, uh, yep, that's it. We got a great show. They're awesome. It was like driving to the DeLorean and sleeping in a water bed. That was like tip top, right? This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I lied, actually. The worst thing is not having to sit through a middle school band concert. Orchestra's way worse. The violin is way squeakier. You know, a trump at least a trumpet is loud and confident and kind of entertaining. A violin is like, oh, it's like listening to a cat that's 
screaming for its food. Oh, it's terrible. I know. I was in orchestra in middle school. You know, and it was really fun, you know, a couple days a week, play music, learn songs. It's great for the education of a young child. A couple of times I just wanted to tell our teacher, like, look, we're we're learning the songs, we're here. Do we do we have to subject the parents to the concert? I don't even I don't even want to play the concert. I don't want to subject myself to the concert. No one wants to hear a bunch of twelve year olds play string instruments. No one's in tune. No one's playing in time. No one no one's enjoying you're not even enjoying this. You're not, as an orchestra teacher, you're not enjoying this. Let's just put the kibosh on concerts. We can keep the, the music education in the schools, right, where it belongs. The kids should play music, but let's not subject anyone to actually sitting through it. I think the Brookfield parents are onto something. I think Brookfield's onto something, too. Avoiding youth music concerts and avoiding poor people. Two things that Brookfield parents are really good at. I really hope no one from Brookfield is listening. Doesn't Bill Michaels live in Brookfield? Brookfield or Waukesha? One of the two. That's fine. Bill's not listening to this show. Are you kidding me? He's got better things to do. Better things to do than listen to the show and definitely better things to do than go to a a middle school band concert. Let's start the show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. It's Friday. So at some point, we're going to listen to some Buffett. Rob Reichel is going to be here in a half hour. Very excited to talk with Rob. I have a, a story that I want to share with Rob from years and years ago, back when I was in my formative years, uh, 2016, 2017, my first memory, my first impression of Rob Reichel came from a show that I was listening to at the time, and I, I very much formed an opinion of Rob and thought, okay, this is Rob's thing. I kind of know what he thinks about the Packers, and I kind of know how he feels about certain players and certain entities in the Packers. And it's funny because over the years, Rob has remained the same. His opinions on the Packers and their players, his opinions remain the same. I think Packers fandom is now kind of coming over to Rob's side. After years of Rob being that guy, quote unquote, I think Packers fandom is now like, no, we're with Rob now. No, no, we're with him. So we're going to talk with Rob Reichel. I have a funny story I want to tell him. We'll talk about his piece that he wrote for Forbes this week about the Packers offseason priorities, who they got to sign, who they should let go, who they should absolutely not give money to, which is most of their upcoming free agents. We talked about it on Wednesday for Slow News Wednesday, but the lead to Rob's article was basically, I'll I'll summarize. The Packers have no money, but that's okay because none of their free agents to be are very good anyways. (laughs) It's like, oh, when are you going to tell us the good news, Rob? But that piece is up at Forbes. You should read it if you haven't already. And we'll talk about some of the upcoming free agents that the Packers have. And I don't know. Rob's a big Badger guy as well. Maybe we'll get into the Badgers before the end of our conversation. He'll be here at 4.30. I'd love to talk with you at any time. And is his tradition on Fridays. We just kind of talk about whatever. I have a couple items I want to hit today. We're going to do Packers. and We'll preview the divisional round because we got Niners-Eagles on Sunday. Bengals-Bills. Or not Bengals-Bills. Bengals-Chiefs. So we'll preview those games and talk football. But anything you want to talk about, it's fair game. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. And you can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. I want to start with this. I've been noticing a theme this week from the best sports broadcasters in our industry. From the cream of the crop, I'm I'm hearing this take. It's reverberating through only the best broadcasters. I hear it from the two best ones that are out there. I hear it from Cowherd, and I hear it from Ben Kenny. Heck, Cowherd might have actually stolen this take from Ben. I have no way of knowing. I'll have to go back and look at the, the sequence of events and the way this all went down. This is the take that I keep hearing from smart sports broadcasters. The AFC is the conference of the quarterback. 
The NFC is the conference of the roster. Oh, isn't that an awesome way to organize our opinions of the NFL? I know that sounded sarcastic. I didn't mean it sarcastically. That's brilliant. The AFC right now is the conference of the quarterback, and the NFC is the conference of the roster. Think about it. The AFC has Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. The Colts and the Texans, both with really good draft capital, and they're both sitting at the top of the draft. The Texans, we assume, are going to take their quarterback. I think the Colts will probably try to jump up, make a trade, go get theirs. So there's two elite quarterback prospects that could be entering the AFC as well. And they have Russell Wilson, who's elite. (laughs) I should have put that at the beginning of the show. The NFC, meanwhile, the NFC has quarterbacks that are fine, but the best teams are the teams with the great roster talent all over the place like the Niners and the Eagles who play on Sunday the Cowboys who were eliminated last weekend the Lions the Lions are a great example the Lions didn't make the playoffs but pound for pound the Lions were one of the better teams in the NFC last year they just got off to a horrid start and their quarterback situation is great but pound for pound the Lions really good and it's not because of their quarterback Jared Goff is fine but the Lions roster is excellent and the Seahawks roster is in a good spot and they have some good picks from the, not the Matthew Stafford trade, but um, who did they trade first to? The Denver, the Denver pick. Thank you. It's Friday. Scatterbrain. So the Seahawks not only have a good, young, upcoming roster, they had a really good draft last year, but they have extra capital this year, and they will continue to have extra capital because they sold off Russell Wilson for a bounty to Denver. So the AFC is the conference of the quarterback. The NFC is the conference of the roster. And you know what I find funny? The Packers aren't really a roster team or a quarterback team, which is maybe why they went nine and eight or eight and nine or whatever they finished. I don't care. Maybe that's why they missed the playoffs. The Packers are paying for an elite quarterback. They're paying for elite quarterback play and they're not getting it. And to be fair, Rodgers is 39. And to be fair, Aaron Rodgers didn't write himself that contract. The Packers gave it to him. So you can criticize the Packers for paying XYZ and expecting one, two, three in return and not getting it. But the Packers, just the facts, are paying for elite quarterback play and they're not getting it. At least they didn't this last year. The Packers, in theory, I think, are also building a team that's supposed to be good independent of quarterback play. At least they're trying. I don't know if they're doing as good of a job as they think they are. I think the 2020 draft was like, we need to be good independent of Aaron Rodgers. So let's draft his replacement that'll never play. Let's draft a second string running back that's not very good. And let's draft an H-back. Okay. Like, again, the theory was there. The idea was there. We're going to draft a team that's independent of good quarterback play. I don't think they're doing a good job, but that's what the Packers are, are thinking. That's their MO. That's their strategy. So the Packers are paying for elite quarterback play, not getting it. They're trying to build a team that's independent of quarterback play. They're not doing a great job. And that's why they missed the playoffs. The Packers are getting the worst of both worlds. It's one of my favorite expressions. You know, the Hannah Montana, best of both worlds is a song. It's been an expression for a while. The Packers are getting the worst of both worlds. The Packers aren't between a rock and a hard place. They are a rock and a hard place. Just a terrible spot to be. Just a a hellish team-building middle ground. They're paying for great quarterback play and not getting it. And then they're also trying to build a roster that's independent of quarterback play, but they're failing. Just... uh, 0 for 2, really. 0 for 10, 0 for 100. They're, they're batting 0, 0, 0 on, on team building right now. They're in a really tough middle ground. They're not one of the AFC superpowers that's led by elite quarterback play, despite paying for it. And they're not one of the NFC superpowers 
that have built a top-to-bottom really good roster that can get by with Cooper Rush, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, whoever's playing quarterback, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff. Moving forward, the Packers could cross their fingers and hope for an Aaron Rodgers resurgence at age 40, similar to Brett Favre and reminiscent of two years ago. Remember, we thought Rodgers might have fallen off in 2019, and then he came back and won two MVPs. So I guess if the Packers want to convince themselves that Rodgers still has another good to great year in him, I guess I could convince myself. I think it's a long shot. I think it is a shot. I think it's a long shot. I don't know what the odds would be set at. Plus 1,000, plus 10,000. I don't know. I don't work in Vegas. I talk on the radio. But the Packers could say, no, we're going to keep going this way, and we're just going to hope that Rodgers bounces back next year. He's healthy, doesn't have busted ribs, doesn't have a busted thumb. Or, or, they could deal Aaron Rodgers, start to build a roster around Jordan Love. It's really a philosophical offseason. Do they want to go with the philosophy of the rest of the NFC and build an elite roster and try to be good independent of quarterback play? Or do they want to go all in on Rodgers and hope to be one of the few that has an elite experienced quarterback that can lead them through the postseason. Because right now we're trying to do both. Failing. Failing miserably. We're getting the both or the, the worst of both worlds. Getting the both of worst worlds. Same thing. One foot in, one foot out. There's a trying to do both and failing. And I'm I'm wondering, I'm very interested. Mark this down. Put this show in the back of your mind for the next decade. I know it's tough, but just file it back away in there and remember this. I want to know what the timeline is like. I want to know at what point the elite quarterbacks will return to the NFC, right? Because for the AFC, there wasn't for a long time. It was, it was Brady and I guess Roethlisberger and Manny. That was about it. It's not chock full. It wasn't chock full in the AFC of aging quarterbacks or, or young electric quarterbacks. I should say it was aging quarterbacks. Think of the NFC. The NFC for the last two or three years went through what the AFC did five or six years ago. Big Ben, Drew Brees, kind of retiring. Tom Brady is now in the NFC, basically playing the same old man he was playing in the AFC, right? He's just with the Bucks now. He's in the NFC. And Aaron Rodgers, maybe you could consider him Peyton Manning. So these stalwarts, these elite quarterbacks that have been around forever, at the top of the NFC, they're now aging out. And there's this huge vacuum. And I'm not really sure where the next wave of great quarterbacks is going to come from in the NFC. Justin Fields? Maybe. Daniel Jones, Ugh. Brock Purdy, I don't think so. Maybe Trey Lance. The Seahawks may stick with Geno Smith, and the Lions have already said that they're going to commit to Jared Goff. So the NFC is going to remain the conference of the roster for the time being. I wish the Packers still had an elite quarterback because they could zig while the rest of the NFC zags, and they could have this advantage that all other teams don't have. But then again, maybe that was the case for the last 10 years. Maybe the NFC has always been the conference of a roster. It was the case in 2014, the Seahawks were better than the Packers. 2015, the Cardinals. 2016, the Falcons. 2019, the Niners. All had worse quarterbacks than the Packers and all had better rosters. Having an elite franchise quarterback that's expensive and that's around for a while, it has a lot of challenges. And that's why I'm interested to see what the Chiefs do with Mahomes, how they handle and how they traverse the career of Mahomes. Because it didn't work well with Rodgers. It didn't work well with Breeze. All of these teams could not get past paying their quarterback a lot of money. And I'm interested to see as some of these AFC quarterbacks get paid, how their franchises maybe try to do things differently than the Packers have done 
or how they try to do things differently than the Saints with Drew Brees. I'm very interested to see how all of it plays out. I wish I could fast forward 10 years and see where the league is going and where it ends up because it's so interesting to me. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's take a three-minute pause and we'll come back. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Happy Friday. It fins up. It's an attitude. It's a vibe. We're going to talk with Rob Reichel here in about 10 minutes. I wonder if Rob is into Buffett. I can see it. I can see a lot of things with Rob. He's a little bit of a man of mystery on this show. He's on with Ebo a lot. He'll join Bill Michaels from time to time. Writes for Forbes. Had a really good piece this week on the Packers offseason. Some of the decisions they're going to have to make. So we'll talk about all those things with Rob coming up in about 10 minutes. To start the show, I was just talking about how the NFC and the AFC are in such different spots right now. And it's so interesting to me. They, they always say, you know, uh, sports are cyclical, you know, or or it's a copycat league. There's a lot of there's a lot of cliches that we say about sports. But I, I do think what we're seeing with the NFC now, we saw with the AFC a couple of years ago. Right when Brady and Roethlisberger and Manning were all on their way out, there was this vacuum. And there were a lot of bad teams because those bad teams were getting beat up at the hands of Brady and Roethlisberger and Manning for years. And then when those quarterbacks retired or aged out or, or, or went to the NFC in the case of Brady, all of those younger teams that were being bullied, they stunk, but they all got to draft their quarterback. And now we're seeing Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, little different with the chiefs because the chiefs were competing, which makes that draft pick all the more impressive. But all of those teams that have been held down by those all time great quarterbacks while they were being held down, drafted their quarterbacks and were able to rise and now are contending now that the old quarterback, now that they're out of the way. We're seeing the same process in the NFC. Rodgers is aging out. Brady is aging out. Brady's just doing it again because he's Brady. He's just in a different conference now. Drew Brees aged out. He was on his way out. Russell Wilson left the conference. So now there's this vacuum of all of these teams that have been held down forever. Right, The Vikings, the Lions, the Bears have been held down by the Packers. Now the Packers and Rodgers are aging out. We'll see what they do with fields. We'll see if the Vikings try to get their quarterback or what the Lions end up doing. Right In the West, we're seeing the Niners a little bit of a different situation. They're more of an up-and-down team rather than a slow build like the Packers. But the Arizona Cardinals bottomed out. They got their quarterback. We'll see what the Commanders do. We'll see what the Giants do. They've kind of bottomed out over the years and now are starting to be plucky. So we'll see if the NFC has a similar resurgence like the AFC did. We're just see, we're seeing the, the flowers break through the soil in the AFC, right? The, those seeds were planted years ago when Joe Burrow was drafted, Mahomes and Josh Allen, and now we're really seeing the, the, the flowers bloom. These next couple of drafts might be the, the planting of the seeds, right? Does Caleb Williams go to an NFC team, for example, right? And then a couple of years down the road, we'll see that, you know, the fruits of, of that draft pick. If that makes any sense. It's interesting how the AFC went through this a couple of years ago, and now the NFC is kind of undergoing the same transformation. Let's go to the phones, 608-796-2558. Let's talk to Joe in lacrosse. What's up, Joe? Hello, Joe. Oh, sorry, Joe. That was on my end. What's up? Now I can hear you. <laughs> yep, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, gotcha. you're just the, the master of the metaphor right now. Just 
just planting the seeds, doing the thing. Yeah. I wish no, I, I wish I was I the master a... of pushing this button correctly because then I would have been able to get you on the air. But yeah, well, it's better than pushing a shovel correctly like I was doing all day, moving the snow. But uh, no, I was good. I just uh, you know everybody's talking about Rogers. I can't even listen to Bill Michaels and some of the programs right now because it's just too just heavy, heavy on it. But I'm with you on getting younger. Um, had some beers with a couple of buddies, and we're talking, you know, all oh just true, true Packer lovers, mm-hmm. Rogers lovers. And I mean, if you can get the picks, you move, right? But I think, you know, I, obviously his little inside crew is gone at that point. And I think you can lean on, you know, what nobody's really talking about, I don't think, is we got the, the, we still got the backs, you know, and you don't need to be throwing the ball 35 times a game to win if our defense can go if we get the picks and if we can make some good picks our team's there and we can compete uh i don't think it needs to be this 10 year destruction window of going six and 11 like everybody's talking about no packers fans they love to be doomsday because they remember the 70s and the 80s and they think well as soon as rogers is done then we're gonna suck for 40 years that's not how that works the nfl is is very forgiving to bad teams because the, the advantage of picking high in the draft is just it's it's a way bigger advantage than the advantage you in the NBA or in Major League Baseball. It's way different. Yep, I'm I'm with you there, and it seems like you know you keep getting big bodies and you know some fast corners from the SEC, whether they work out or don't. But you swing enough times, and mm-hmm. you make that quarterback pick that people just don't agree with which i did not at the time obviously maybe a receiver at that point would have would have made us a better team did as it win us two super bowls in the last four years probably not but yeah it just seems like you know you you just kind of you move forward you do it you i mean obviously your, your job is to talk talk radio and to uh fill some some airwaves but yeah it just seems to me like you just got to keep moving ahead and uh if Rodgers isn't the guy moving forward, then we plan accordingly and our team adjusts accordingly. And, uh, you know, you're talking about obviously not re-signing any of these free agents. I think, obviously, if Rodgers is gone, the Cobbs and Bakhtiaris and uh, big dogs of the world are probably in all likelihood not on the roster next year, which is just kind of part of that natural progression. So I'll hang up and listen. You guys are doing great. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, I got both the kids, so I'll be I'll be double dad duty so you guys can pray for me. <laughs> Hell yeah, we will, Joe. Have a good weekend. Get out and shovel some snow. Get out playing the you know, Grab a sled. Go out and enjoy it. That sounds like a good time. Let's take a break. Joe, I want to revisit some of the things that you said, but we're going to have to do that after we talk to Rob Reichel, who will join us. He writes for Forbes. He's written a couple books on the Packers. He joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. It is a Fins Up Friday. I found some Buffett content. I found a nautical wheelers performance I never found. This kicks ass. I think I'm going to tweet out this video before the end of the show. So follow me at Wisco Grant or don't, I guess, if you hate Jimmy Buffett. Rob Reichel is here. He's a friend of the show, friend of our network. He's on all of our shows. He kills it. Forbes uh, has written a couple of Packers books as well. Rob, I'm happy to have you back. I, I got to tell you, I've-, I've felt a little off kilter the last two weeks. I don't know what it was. Just not sleeping well, not, not feeling great. And I think I figured it out. 
my body is used to having a massive Packers loss, and it's it's got all this pent-up energy, and it doesn't know what to do with it. So I felt very off-kilter these last two weeks. Maybe you've experienced something similar. Yeah, maybe you just have to replace the word Packer with Badger basketball that day. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. That's been frustrating enough. <laughs> we got Tyler Walton. Jordan Davis is that, that, peaking at the right time. Yeah, that, I love that. That, that, might, that might get you back uh, – you know, kind of more balanced grant, you know, yeah. if you, if you need to fill the void of losses, you know, this, this team that's lost five or six might, uh, might take good care of you here from, for the, for the next four to six weeks, I guess. Oh, great. They got Illinois tomorrow. So we have that to look forward to nationally televised back at the Cole center. Students are back. So hopefully that helps Rob. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers before we talk about some of the offseason yes, stuff before we get, I, I got to tell you something. This is from a couple of years ago. You might get a kick out of this. So in 2016, 2017, it was my first year at UWL. And I did a job shadow to go see the big unit, Bill Michaels. And I talked to Radio Joe and I did it for a class. And while I was there, I met Freeman and I met Winkler. And I I became a a pretty regular listener of Chuck and Winkler when I was in college. And when I would go get breakfast at the dining hall or whatever, I'd listen to the show. And you'd be on with them, right? You'd go on. and, And I remember years ago, right? This is getting close to six years ago now. You'd come on and say, well, Rogers makes all this money and Rogers this, Rogers that. And I remember thinking like, Rob Reichel's kind of not an anti-Rogers personally, but like anti-Rogers. And this time we're thinking 2016, 2019, all these playoff losses aren't Aaron Rodgers' fault. And then you would come on the air and be like, well, it's the contract, it's this and that. And, and you always seem very frustrated. And I got to say, it seems like after all these years, Packers fandom is is coming over to your side. That's got to feel pretty good, right? Everybody's starting to agree with you where you've always been. Well, there's no doubt, Grant. I was on an island for a long time, yeah. and I started banging that drum. Yeah, I mean, I probably started banging that drum after about 16 because if, if you really look at it, I mean, he won the Super Bowl, obviously, in 10. And then 11 against the Giants, he was really bad in that playoff loss. 12 and 13, he lost to Kaepernick. He wasn't very good in those 49er games. He was dreadful in that 2014 NFC Championship game to Seattle. Not very good in the Arizona playoff loss in 15. And then again, really bad in the NFC title game in 16 against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And, you know, everybody was always blaming McCarthy and the defense and this, that, and the other thing. And and I, and I just continued to say, you know, you're, yeah, I, I get it. This guy's really good. He's Hall of Fame level good. He's top mm-hmm. 15 quarterback of all time good. But I, I just I couldn't understand at the time, Grant, how everybody continued to turn a blind eye to how poorly he was playing in these enormous games. And I think it's because his name was Aaron Rodgers, right? Sure. Um, and, and if his name had been Joe Blow, people would have pointed out far greater that, oh, okay, this guy continues to disappoint in these key moments. But sure. but he was the one constant in so many of those defeats, Grant, and it really hasn't changed. You know, you know, since that point in time, you're you're bringing up, you know, from five six years ago when when you were a student, it's just it's just that it's a longer now of of close losses and or I mean bad losses in in critical games and 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 that's been the other key component of this grant and and it's and it's and it's more exacerbated than ever today. Um, is, is the contract and the salary type of uh, type of a deal? I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's the highest paid player in the history of the league at you know fifty point three million dollars, and 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 when that's the case, it, it you become handcuffed and your hands get tied um, in terms of doing a lot of things with some other positional groups. And 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 and, and Grant, just look for example at the four teams that are still playing yeah. in the in the postseason this weekend. Right, three are on rookie contracts. The only one who isn't is Patrick Mahomes. It, you know, my point there is it frees you up to do a lot of other things with with your outside linebacker group, with your secondary, with your wide receivers, with your running back, etc. 
You know, so if you are going to pay a quarterback $50 million a year like Green Bay does Rodgers, he has to be yes. the best player on the field in these enormous games we're, we're talking about. And he just he hasn't been that now for more than a decade. Fast forward like 10 years from now. There's a bunch of quarterbacks in the AFC. They're all going to get big contracts. Josh Allen, right? Burrow at some point is going to get paid. I wonder if teams are going to find a better way to pay their quarterback and still keep it. You know what I mean? Well, what can teams do differently? What's the adjustment? Because this league is always adjusting. Something happens and then it takes a little while, but teams always figure this stuff out. In 10 years, what do you think we're going to see from teams who are paying their high-priced quarterback? Because it it didn't work with Breeze and the Saints. It didn't work with Rodgers and the Packers when the money. Teams got to get better at this, right? Theoretically, yes, Grant. I mean, your your point is well taken, but it's only gone in the opposite direction the last 10 to 20 years where the quarterbacks get more and more and more and more guaranteed than ever, Grant. I mean, in the Deshaun Watson contract where everything is guaranteed yeah. is throwing everything out of whack for so many of these other teams and these agents. Take Lamar Jackson, for example, who's, I mean, set to become a free agent in six weeks with, with Baltimore, right? And and, and, and his his camp is, is using the Watson contract now where every nickel was guaranteed um, as as kind of the blueprint. And, and that had not been the case with so many of these these other quarterback contracts. So, I mean, I, I, I think in theory what you bring up makes a lot of sense, and I know teams would love to go in that direction, but I don't know how you stick the genie back in the bottle at this point in time. It's I mean, I, I think everybody in every sport will acknowledge that that quarterback is far and away the most important position in any sport you can you can bring up and and they and they've kind of used that power to their advantage in in the last let's call it generation of contracts that have been given to that position and things have gotten out of whack and and out of control i i grant i mean again i i i think you're right on that i just i i have no clue how they reverse course with that and and turn the car around and and change directions and i don't know that teams have any clue how to do it either grant well, I think you have to plan in advance. Like what the Chiefs did this year is take a, a, a small step back, and they're playing all these rookies, and, and I think they are planning for next year, the year after, and three years. In, I just think you need to be so much more intentional. It's like money, right? When you have less money, you need to be very specific about your budgeting to make sure that you have all your bases covered. And I think it's just going to be a lot more labor-intensive for these front offices, and they need to lay out a plan years in advance because the alternative is to just cut loose with a guy like Joe Burrow instead of paying him. And I don't see a world in which teams just start doing that, at least not as, as standard practice. Maybe here and there, like the Ravens, they're a little bit different. Lamar's a little bit different. It might happen here and there, but I just don't see a sudden start to say, well, we can't pay quarterbacks because you're not going to let an Aaron Rodgers go. You're not going to let a Joe Burrow or a Josh Allen go. It's going to be really interesting to watch it play out, Rob. One more thing on Rodgers, and then I want to ask you about your offseason piece that you wrote for Forbes and some of these guys they are going to have to resign or let go. Just a, a hypothetical. If the Packers don't blow that game in 2014 to the Seahawks, do you think here's I'll ask this question more directly. Do you think that loss in 2014 short circuited part of Rogers brain to playoff games? Do you think that changed the course of his playoff performance history moving on from 14? Because we saw it in 16 with the Falcons and Quinn, Matt Ryan, never the same. I know Shanahan left, but I I just wonder that catastrophic of a loss. It seemed to really kill the vibes and. It's made the playoffs since 2014 just this this house of horrors, and I, I wonder if that that effect is still felt all these years later for Rodgers. Yeah, and and not just Rodgers, Grant, but I you know I think that was the beginning of the end for Mike McCarthy. Yep. Um, you know, and just some of the decisions that he made in 
in the course of that game. I know I know players questioned later on, and I don't want to say he fully lost the locker room, but there's no doubt he lost some guys that particular you know Sunday afternoon in in, in Seattle with with some of his game management decisions along the way so many times in that game settling for three when guys wanted to go for touchdowns now Aaron was Aaron was not good that day either Grant I mean his quarterback rating was 55 and uh you know his career his career passer rating is is pushing 105 you know so you're talking about half that day in terms of where his where his passer rating was and when they needed him to make a big play he couldn't and he you know he wouldn't in, in many times too because he shied away time and time again from Richard Sherman on that entire side of the football field, and, and he was terrified of throwing at that guy. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's a hypothetical. It, it, it's a it's a who knows. I mean, Aaron was terrific in the, in the playoffs in his in a lot of his early performances. Right, the 09 overtime loss to Arizona, the fifty one forty five game there that day, he was he was unbelievable. He was lights out. Other than the Bears game in the twenty ten NFC Championship game, he put together a heck of a run in 2010 on the way to that Super Bowl, but he has not been the same guy in, in the postseason since. It's it's tough to connect the dots, I guess, and pick an exact point in time. Yeah. But if you are looking for one, it, you're probably picking a pretty good place to start, Grant, because, um, you know, the, I, I guess I would argue um, that entire McCarthy era almost kind of came to a screeching halt that day, and, and Rodgers was clearly a part of that. Yeah, it's it's obviously something we'll never know, but... I just reexamined some of the last couple of years. I'm like, it just never felt the same post 2014. And that's an unfortunate part about sports, right? You have these awesome highs, but then sometimes these lows are felt for years later, just like championships and, and big wins are felt for years and years after the fact. So you put a, a piece well, on Grant, this week. Well, well yes. Grant, just, just, just real quick, yeah. we'll go, and just real quickly, Grant, you know, Packer nation has probably felt more of those painful playoff losses than any organization I can think of out there. Right. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, there have been plenty of highs, don't get me wrong. I mean, most organizations would love to be in the postseason every year, which is where Green Bay typically is. And I think, you know, most organizations would take a couple of Super Bowls over a three-decade window. But when you've got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and you've been knocking on the door as many times as Green Bay has, you're in these positions where you can get punched in the head and, 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 and suffer some of these brutal playoff losses in Green Bay's with the overtime defeats and just how they've gone down at various points in time. I mean, it's historic, Grant. It's legendary, and it, it's made it hard for a lot of people to be, you know, I mean, they're going to obviously be Packer fans forever, but, it, but it's given them a lot of really tough losses that are going to sting till the, you know, till, till they're put in their grave. Yep, I remember where I was for all of them. I, it's like you can set your watch to it. It's like the soundtrack of my childhood and my, my formative years, as I said earlier when I was in high school and college. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I watched that mortifying loss with two of my coworkers at, at my buddy's house. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, clear as day. You put out a piece at Forbes this week, off-season priorities. I thought it was it was obviously very well done, and I thought it was very accurate on all the players. The one thing that I find interesting, and maybe this is a coincidence or maybe it means something, for the second straight year, the biggest priority for the Packers is re-signing a guy who joined the team last year and basically had zero expectations, right? Because two years ago, it was Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. We barely even knew who they were before the year, and all of a sudden, we're clamming to re-sign them. And now it's Keyshawn Nixon. What does that tell us about the Packers? Does that tell us that they're really good at identifying these these lesser-known players, or does it mean that the players who have expectations aren't living up to those expectations and therefore players like this are stepping in? What do you think that means? Yeah, it might tell you a little bit of both, really, Grant. I mean, and, 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 I, and I do give Brian Gutekunst credit there. You know, he, he talked at length 
that roster building is a 365 day per year job. And, and, and that's, and that's not smoke, you know, he's not blowing hot air there, you know, because I mean, Keyshawn Nixon is the guy I have listed as number one in terms of who they, they need to bring back. And again, again, they, they they don't have a monster superstar that's hitting free agent. Their best guy was going to be Elton Jenkins and they got him locked up to a deal be, you know, before the season ended, you know, they've got a lot of these guys like Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon and, and Dean Lowry and Mason Crosby. But, you know, to your question again, Grant, Gutekunst has been pretty good at finding those guys midseason, the diamonds in the rough. Even this year, he brings in Justin Holland, the outside linebacker, you know, over the last six weeks of the year or whatever it was. And, yeah. and, he, has, and he has three sacks. You know, he, he, you know that they beefed up the special teams this offseason with guys still floating around on the street in May and June, you know, the Dallin Levitts and, and people like that. And, and that obviously paid off. And, in a big time way, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I know a lot of teams do it. Obviously, they're they're shuffling that roster, all, you know, every day. Uh, Gutekunst, in many ways, I mean, y- you're going to get a transaction update every two, three days with Gutekunst that that somebody new is on the practice squad or somebody new is on the 53, and these two guys are gone. You know, I don't want to say I don't want to go as far as to saying he treats it like fantasy football, but he's always toying with that bottom end of his roster. I mean, his top 45, 47 guys are always going to be pretty secure and safe, but he's always looking for that diamond at the bottom of the roster. And, and, and like you mentioned with a couple of those guys, the Devondre Campbell's, the, the Rasul Douglas's that this year, the, you know, the, the, the Levitt's, the, uh, you know, Keyshawn Nixon's, et cetera. He, he, he's done a really good job of finding those guys. So, um, you know, he, he does deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, the tricky part about free agency coming up now for green Bay, uh, Grant here in the, in the next month, month and a half is, Right now, as you know, as, as we sit here and talk today, they're they're fifteen to twenty million dollars over the salary cap. They don't have a lot of money to do anything with. They're going to have to make some surprise cuts, or, or just uh, maybe not even a surprise, but cuts of big name guys, kind of like they did last year with Zadarius Smith. Who that? You know, we'll find out. But they've they've got a couple of real, I think, strong candidates for that that are making you know ten to twenty million dollars, and and either contracts are getting restructured or two, three guys that maybe people aren't expecting are going to get moved out of town uh, just for them to, A, grant, get to the salary cap, and then, B, to have any kind of chance whatsoever of bringing back some of these unrestricted free agents they have coming up. Well, I'm sure whoever ends up being the surprise cut, the Vikings away with bated breath on whoever that ends up being. Uh, <laughs> maybe Aaron Jones back up, a, a tandem to go with Dalvin Cook. Who knows? They now, I'm really hoping they hire Mike Patton as D.C. just for the content. I really want that to happen. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, him or Jim Leonard, right? Uh, I, would enjoy, I would enjoy Mike Patton more. Jim Leonard would hurt. Mike Patton would just be fun. I think we could enjoy that yeah. without being sad. Jim, Le- Jim, Le- Jim Leonard would stay an entire state, wouldn't it? Oh, that would suck. Well, next time you're on, Rob, we're going to have to talk about Badgers football because I know you're a big Badgers football guy. and What they've been doing is certainly a lot more inspiring than – the basketball team recently, and of course the Packers. So next time you're on, I'll, I'll try to think of something that we can talk about Badgers related. We got to do that. Well, uh, well, I look forward to that, Grant, because I, th- I think we're all excited about chasing that national championship here in 2023. So. Oh, hell yeah! I appreciate you, Rob. Have an awesome weekend. Thank you. All right, man. You too. Thanks, Rob Reichel. Rockin' Rob Reichel. 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 Appreciate him. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Let's take a three minute break. Come back and. We can debrief on all that. They gave us a lot of meat on the bone there. Let's let's continue to talk about some of those things next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Sports Show. Fins up. It's Friday. Listen to Buffett. A little closer to 6 o'clock. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, and you can text and call the show, 608-796-2558. And Rob Reichel, a lightning rod of a guest. The reviews are pouring in, and it's a lot of people who maybe view Rob as a Rogers hater. Look, say what you want about Rob, but you got to give him credit for being consistent because, again, I remember listening to him do radio shows in 2016, 2017, and it was a lot of the same. Rogers getting paid a lot of money. He's got to be better than he's been. And I got some tweets here from David who shows me postseason passer rating leaders, and it's Mahomes, Bart Starr, Kurt Warner, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers at number five. Oh, okay. So you found a stat that makes Aaron Rodgers seem very good in the playoffs. Okay, I don't I don't doubt that, right? And David also tweeted me a screenshot of most playoff wins since 2008, and the Packers are second only to the Patriots. They're tied with the Niners with 11, and the Niners already have two in this postseason. Right? I, what do you want? Like, are you arguing with me? Are you arguing with Rob? Are you, like, what do you want me to say? Oh, actually, according to the stats, the last decade was amazing. The Rodgers actually been great in the playoffs. And the Packers actually, they won a lot of playoff games. It was a great time. Really fun. Certainly no missed opportunities. Is that what you want? Like, what do you want me to say, I guess? What are you arguing against? Like, there were games absolutely where Rodgers was just out on an island with a bad defense and a bad specialist. We're not denying that. There were a lot of times where Rodgers played really well and took a, a lesser team, a, a crappy team, to a to a good result. I'm not denying that. Mick says Rob has been consistently wrong. I, I don't know, Mick. Has he been? They haven't been good enough to get back to a Super Bowl. Rodgers' contract is part of that. Rodgers' play is part of that. There's a lot of other parts. Absolutely. What, what do you want me to say? What are you, what are you arguing with? Let's talk to Cone Roller, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? What's up, Grant? Never miss a Friday show. Never. I can't imagine missing a Friday show. Could not be me. Mostly because I'm obligated to be here. (laughs) I saw the meme you tweeted over the break, and, you know, that just describes it perfectly. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. Anyway, anyway, I can work Mike McCarthy content into the show. I'm going to do it. Yeah, for sure. I love that you brought up the early days of Chuck and Winkler. Yeah. Just great content back then. You know, at the time, I think a lot of us, including me, looked at Rob Reichel as just a, a kind of a Rogers hater. Yes. Like, I thought he's kind of similar to that Gary Wolfel of the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was, uh, he's just, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just a hater. But you look at back at it now, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but he, he was right. And that is about a six to seven year commitment. And just got to give Rob a lot of credit on that take. Oh, absolutely. I remember listening to him with with Chuck and Winkler in 17, and he'd be like, well, Bart, you know, the Packers are paying Rodgers all this money. And I'm like, God, this guy just comes on and whines. But now I'm like, yeah, he he was right. I mean, I, I don't think Rob disagrees that, yes, the Packers' defense has been bad. The special teams have been bad. It's not just Rodgers. It's not, Rob is just not anti-Rodgers. There's a full picture, obviously, and Rob understands it. Yeah, and you look back at those games and it's, it's not necessarily Rogers lost you any of those games, but it's like, come on, you couldn't have played like to your full potential, like a couple times or consistently. 
And if, if that's, you know, where things, if he was, you know, we'd be, it'd be a completely different conversation with Rodgers. Well, and, I, and I've heard people say this, and I think it makes a lot of sense. When you're paying a quarterback that much, it's not good enough to not be the reason a team loses. You need to be the reason that a team wins from time to time. And I, I that's a good way to look at it. Again, there's years that I don't blame Rodgers. And then there's other years where Rodgers could have been a little bit better. And for the price tag and... And for the experience and for the acumen that he has, he, he had to be a little bit better, and he just wasn't. We're not being Rodgers haters. No hate here. This is all very reasonable talk, Cohen. Yeah, I have a I have a hypothetical kind of question looking into the crystal ball. Let's do it. We got a minute. In now. about, okay, in about, this will be quick. In about 25 to 30 years, do you think Rodgers' legacy could be pretty buried just with all these young quarterbacks coming up in the AFC? I mean, they're going to be dominating this league for the next 15 years maybe and they are like I could see each of them winning a a ring at least one maybe two especially for Mahomes but and then I think that kind of buries Rodgers as like a great quarterback for his whole career because these guys I think are just going to outperform him instantly I wish for legacy wise just just for yeah just for content purposes I wish we could fast forward 10 years and see what things look like because I have so many questions about the way you said Rodgers is going to be remembered, the way that the AFC is going to handle some of these quarterback contracts. There's just so much. I want to see what Justin Fields turns into. I I wish that next NFL season would start right now because I'm I'm weirdly more interested in that. I'm obviously very interested in conference championships and, and the Super Bowl, but this is going to be a really interesting time period for the league, and Rodgers' legacy is a part of that. Absolutely, Cone. I unfortunately have to take a break. I appreciate hearing from you and, and you not missing a Friday show. Thank you for that. Of course, go Bengals, go Eagles. Go Bengals, Have a go good one, Grant. Yeah, I'm all in on, uh, and you as well, Cone. I'm all in on the Eagles. I think they're going to route the Niners. Bengals, Chiefs, I don't know. I want to just go favorites. It's hard to beat a team four times, and the Bengals have beaten them three in a row. We'll talk about the conference championship games coming up next. In two minutes. Strange water beds work. I mean, that's a weird yeah. invent. They're right? awesome. It was like driving to the Lorien and sleeping in a water bed. That was like <laughs> tip top, right? This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Point on legacy. I wonder how Aaron Rodgers' legacy will be shaped. I wonder what people will think of him in 10 years, 20 years. If we're all still around. If the world still exists. If we're still playing sports. We're still playing football. Who knows? I wonder Mahomes is Mahomes is him. Right? Mahomes is all of the flair and the off-platform throws and the different arm angles and the, the off-schedule plays, the you know, the scramble drill stuff. He's all that that Rodgers did. Rodgers' arm, if you go back and you watch highlights from early on, it's going to sound weird. Rodgers' arm seemed to have more zip. That's the one thing when you look at Mahomes in his prime, which is basically now, and Rodgers in his prime. Mahomes has a massive arm, and he could he could tee one up and let it rip down the field. But what Rodgers had is it, it was almost surgical. He could go from standing completely relaxed to the ball is out and there was no wind up. It was it was just so 
crisp. And we've lost it because now when we see Rodgers throw deep or, or throw the ball farther than the little check down, there's such a big windup and it's thrown with more touch. He used to throw lasers, like lasers that look even more like lasers than Patrick Mahomes lasers. So comparing and contrasting Mahomes and Rodgers is very interesting. And I, I, I would love to know. I'd love to know right now. Again, I want a time machine. I want to know how many Super Bowls Patrick Mahomes gets to. And I want to know how many Super Bowls Patrick Mahomes wins. Because it seems unfathomable right now that Patrick Mahomes doesn't get to and win at least another Super Bowl or two. Right? But we say that about all sorts of quarterbacks. We always say that about stars. We say that in the NBA. Right, with a, with a young team that breaks through and wins, like, oh, they'll be back. Will they? Because if you look back through history, a lot of teams don't get back. That's why repeating is so hard. That's why dynasties almost never happen. It's, it's very interesting. I want to know what the finished product for Mahomes looks like. Because who's to say that Mahomes and the Chiefs don't get in a rut? Andy Reid retires. They don't get the right replacement. And he has a very similar career to Rodgers. It could, it could absolutely happen. 100% that could happen. And it wouldn't be that insane. You know, you don't get the right coach to replace Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of money. The Chiefs miss some draft picks. It's it's very easy to envision that happening. I, I don't know. It's easy in the moment to say, well, years down the road, Rodgers' legacy won't stack up. Well, we'll see. Right? The, the burden of proof is on some of these younger quarterbacks to to make their mark, as Rodgers did, even though Rodgers only made it to one Super Bowl. Good legacy talk from our guy, Cone Roller. 608-796-2558. FedEx Fred is having a week. What's up, Fred? Not too much. I just happened to be tuning in at the right time. Oh, I love that. You're dialed <laughs> You're dialed in this week. I respect it. You'd kind of, you hadn't fallen off, but fewer and farther between were your calls, and hey, you've reestablished yourself this week. I like this. Well, my question is this. What is Aaron Rodgers' legacy right now? Well, well, the four MVPs is massive. The, the legacy, I mean, he's he is, with Mahomes, the most talented quarterback I've ever watched, I've ever seen. I don't know what his historical comp is. I don't know. Are, are we going to end up comparing him to one of the all-time greats? Is he going to go down in that group? Or is he going to go down in the group of uber-talented, could make all the throws, but just didn't have it in the big games and couldn't win in the playoffs? Because that list is a lot longer than right the, the list that I was describing first. I, I don't know. I don't know what his legacy is. What do you think, Fred? Well, personally, I think the MVPs to me are kind of just a throwaway because I personally think MVP should just be turned to the best quarterback in the league award. Okay. And then... And then and then you should have a, a – I think every sex – every every position should have its own MVP, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Sure. like in because, college, Kind of like in college football. But college – the Heisman has become a quarterback award for the most part, but they have the, you know, the, the whatever award for the best center. Why can't I think of what it is? But they kind of have that in college. Uh, yes. Like, down that route. Because right now, in all honesty, Aaron Rodgers might be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the regular season – think with his lack of postseason winning is what's really going to affect Aaron Rodgers in the long run because it's like oh yeah the guy was great during the regular season he'd win 13 14 games every year but they could never never get past anywhere in the playoffs yeah so it's it's one of those double-edged swords where it's like I don't know I don't know how good Aaron Rodgers is but I know he's one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen play the game. By the way, I but, believe the, 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 the yeah, keep going, keep going, Cook, Cook. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
But uh, hands down, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest regular season quarterback I've ever seen play the game. Yeah, I the guy, um, Yeah, the the guy was untouchable in the regular season, and it just made every other team feverishly mad. Yeah, but. Go ahead, Grant. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I mean, that's that's the MVP thing, though, right? Like, that's a regular season award. And MVPs don't mean nothing. Like, if you, if you look at the NBA, we think about who has X number, who has Y number. We always bitch about how LeBron doesn't have more MVPs. I, I, I get as a fan, you can say MVPs don't do anything for me. But as we weigh all-time greats, especially the quarterback position, against each other, MVPs don't mean nothing. They can mean nothing to fans. But in the way we remember these guys, they're very important. But also, deep. I, so when it comes to his legacy, I kind of compare it with uh, the previous quarterback before Aaron Rodgers. Bert? Everything was great. Until, yeah, Mr. Favre. Yeah. Everything was great with Rodgers until the end of their careers. Should I, Am I going to stay? Am I going to go? Am I going to hold my team hostage until it's too late for, their, for the, this team to do anything? And I feel like that might overshadow some of the stuff he's done on the field, Grant. I wonder. With Favre, I... Man, it's... So, I I was born in 98. So, I don't even remember a lot of the early Favre stuff. I don't remember the MVPs. I remember 2008, and I remember the end. And that kind of sticks in my head. But I didn't appreciate the end of the time. I remember it, but I didn't really realize, like, never gone through a quarterback succession before. I I think you're right in that the way it ended with Favre does certainly... But Favre went to Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, if... If Aaron Rodgers waffles a little bit and then ends up retiring finally, or just going to play for the Jets for one year and then retires, that the Minnesota thing I think is what ruined Favre for a lot of people. I don't know if it was the hemming and hawing; it was the Vikings part. I, I can understand that. Go to a go to an in town in division rival, your yeah. most hated rival. Yeah. yeah, I just think I just think Aaron Rodgers, if he's if he's truly concerned about what he wants the. NFL world to see him as I think he needs to stop kind of being such a condescending towards the media and maybe start getting the media a little bit on his side because I think that plays a huge role in how you will be remembered on and off the field see something to think about Fred I'm going to cut you loose in case we have anybody else who wants to chime in on this but I appreciate you and I'm glad to have you back on a regular basis this has been electric yeah Thanks for having me, Grant, and have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, Fred, and fins up. Yeah, I I wonder. I think Rodgers is self-aware, but also not self-aware at all. Like We talked about this last year when it's like, I think Rodgers is really smart. I also think he's really dumb. I think Rodgers is very aware of what he says and how he presents himself. I don't know if he's always very aware of how it's perceived. Like, I, I don't know if we react to him the way that Rodgers thinks that we react to him. And I don't know if we interpret the things that he says the way that he thinks we interpret the things that he says. Does that make sense? He's, he's both very self-aware and also not self-aware at all. I don't know. Everyone is saying that he's holding the Packers hostage and that he's, you know, he's dragging this out. Man, I don't think he is. I think we went through this with Favre. And there are some similarities. There's plenty of similarities. Don't get me wrong. Like, Rodgers is following the Favre footsteps more than we expected, right? I didn't think they'd be close to the same because, personally, those are different. They come from different backgrounds. They're different players. 
I didn't expect Rodgers to take on the Favre form at all late in his career. He's taken it on a little bit. And I think because of that, Packers fans were like, he's Favre 2.0. Well, he's not all of Favre. He's not holding the franchise hostage. It's not August, okay? It's January. So if you have leftover resentment from how it ended with Favre, that's fine. And I could get the frustration if you've had a quarterback for 16, 17, 18 years and you're unsure about how it's going to end and there's anxiety there. I get that, but I don't know. I feel like we assign a lot of things to this Rodgers situation that he doesn't deserve. He's holding them hostage. How is he really, though? I don't think he is. He definitely stiff-armed the Packers to get him a good contract, but wouldn't you do that in your job? Right? Wouldn't you want to get the biggest paycheck possible? And then if the, the company's got to figure out other ways to make other things, well, that's their problem. That's why they're management. So I don't even blame Rodgers for that too much. I blame the Packers just as much as I blame Rodgers. I don't know. Rodgers certainly has his quirks. He, he's, he certainly can be frustrating to some. I think he's entertaining to all. And I think we're sometimes a little bit unfair with how we interpret how this offseason is going. And I think a lot of that is because we have these leftover feelings from Favre. And I don't think we can get past that. 608-796-2558. I'm going to take a couple of texts, and we can take a call as well. Let's go to the phones. It's Bob and Madison, I think. Bob, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Second-time caller. Nice to talk to you, Grant. Yeah, nice to talk to you, Bob. What's going on? Okay, so the thing with Favre. Okay, I was around, you know, I was much older than you. Uh, Favre, the reason Favre was special was because the Packers went through three decades of absolute misery, and Favre came in and him and Reggie White, you know, and they changed everything. They won a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And the Packer fans shouldn't forget that, right? Because whether we went to the Vikings or not, um, it was miserable to be a Packer fan through the 70s and 80s yes. when I grew up. Yes. And, you know, um, Rodgers fought one Super Bowl apiece, right? Who's better? Who's better? Marino, uh, compare Favre to Marino. Yeah. Did Marino win a Super Bowl? He didn't, right? No. And, he, he's and the Rogers. outlier. I think most great quarterbacks get one at some point in their career if they're healthy and they're on a right. somewhat competent. Marino really is the outlier. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, I, I guess, you know, Rodgers is a step above that. The other thing about the Rodgers and Favre comparison is that um, Favre was um, an all shucks kind of, you know, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have this sort of intellectual, like, um, you know, not great relationship with the media. Yeah. Favre, you know, was just more of your, the guy you'd like to have a beer with, right? Yeah. Until he went to the Vikings. Yes. And then that all went out the window. He lost that. He gave all <laughs> of that, that, that aw shucks, that, all of that went away. Absolutely. Like, yep. That's what people hold against Favre. The holding the franchise hostage. I mean, I don't know. He just yep. he was just he was childish in that way. I don't know if that, that was anything, you know, insidious, but going to the Vikings was, and people remember that. Yep, they do. They do. And it's un- unfortunate because um as as a as a person who grew up weeping over Packers games over and over and over again, and then mm-hmm. Favre comes along and oh my God. Oh my God. And and, and that that Super Bowl they won, um, that was just like amazing, 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 amazing. And Rodgers, you know, you know, have that over Rodgers, and then he goes to the Vikings, and then you know, oh my God, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I still, you know, I'm on I'm on the side of people who forgive Favre for the going to the Vikings. 
he was a competitor. He didn't really want to stop. Yeah, he hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed. And, you know, then, you know, eventually, you know, I mean, he got to the Vikings through the championship uh, game. He wasn't done. Well, and I think and the maybe, Packers, maybe that's why the Packers were kind of scared. They're like, well, Rodgers is 39, but they saw it happen yeah. with Favre where you thought maybe he was cooked right. and then he went on. And Rodgers done this once already. He fell off a little in 19 and then he bounced back. And I, I think part of the Packers are, are thinking we cannot let him go and have even one great season somewhere else. Right. And I get that. I get that feeling. But my sense is that um, my sense is that the, it, it really is time for a change for Green Bay. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the Rodgers show. I'm kind of tired of the, I don't know, you know, I, I listen to all the arguments and all the sides. And I just kind of feel like, you know, uh, I, I don't want to just get a Super Bowl and then, you know, Favre retires. I'd really like to see a juggernaut. I'd really like to see a Pat. Mahomes kind of thing, you know. Oh, um, yeah, I don't yeah. think Rodgers is that quarterback anymore. No, he's not. Well, and the problem is the Packers are paying him like that, and they've been paying him like that, so the roster is atrophied over the years, and it's it's all thing. Look, that's true. I, I'm going to talk more about this, Bob. I want to talk about because I think I'm with you. I, I think if the Packers could get a good trade for Rodgers, they should do it. Um, and I'm going to talk yep. about the the reasons why coming up next. It was nice to hear from you. Call back uh, sometime. I would love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. I love it. Of course, Bob. Have a great weekend in Madison. And fins up. Appreciate you. 608-796-2558. Couple of texts, and I will explain. I'm down to move on from Rogers. I'm not going to yell about it and get mad. But I think it's probably a smart thing to do if the Packers can pull it off. Let's talk about it next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.